This is CliffCentral.com. Is this thing on? You're listening to The Bounce Show. It's live. Well, not this bit, but it's live on CliveCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Platt. <clears throat> Sorry, scrap that, delete it. CliffCentral.com. <laughs> What's happening? Thanks for joining me. Ben Karpinski right here on The Bounce Show on cliffcentral.com. Getting towards the end of January and, uh, well, it's a great time for cricket, isn't it? The Aussies are getting walloped by England and ODIs. No one cares about that. But I tell you what people do care about. It is the SA versus India series. Even though we're on a dead rubber right now, which is the third test at the Wanderers. Third test that, well, the pitcher's going to really misbehave for the batsman and we're going to get some rather inclement weather over the weekend. But it's all about the whitewash. I know people made a big deal in the past that dead rubbers, well, who cares? But there's no such thing as a dead rubber, I believe, because a whitewash is, well, you want to be emphatic with your wins because that's what it is about nowadays because then you get to boast on social media. And with all the different sort of disappointments we've had in the last 18 months, I take it, well, you know, dwindling test form, the ICC Champions Trophy, us Proteus fans need all the help we can get to throw shade at other people, which has been going quite well in the India series. But, you know, that's another debacle to go on. How those guys are all number one, uh, the sort of, um, say like inconsistencies of home and away conditions. But, you know, we chatted about that last week. Let's not get into it. This week, though, I want to tackle something. And I say tackle because it's not going to be an easy subject. It's something I'd be wanting to kind of address. I'm never too sure how to address it or if it's too appropriate or even relevant. But screw it. I am a curious man, if nothing else. So I want to talk today about Jacques Callis's legacy. I know it's, uh, a little bit off, a little bit left field, considering the fact that he has sort of retired, has been retired for quite a while now. But the more and more I think about, you know, just the way South Africa should be honoring sports stars. I know a lot of these guys, they don't really care about stuff. I mean, Jacques Cullis in particular has, you know, gone on record to say he never cared about the records. He never really cared about personal accolades. It was about making the right decisions and obviously doing the best for the team. So today's subject about the man himself well, Shark probably couldn't give a toss. You know, if it happens, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't really phase him. But the topic I want to go on uh, is based on a tweet that I sent out during the Boxing Day test at Newlands, and um, my tweet was basically that why does every year go by and we've got to ask when is the Weinberg end becoming the Jacques Cullis end at Newlands, or at the very least, why is it not a Jacques Cullis stand yet? So you know, I had a multitude of, of uh, responses to that. A huge majority were favourable. But there was a minority, as is always the case on Twitter, that did turn things into more of a racial conversation. And that's where we are now. It's about crucifying people for, well, the smallest of things. I'm not saying that, obviously, South African sports and all that kind of stuff, we just forget about racism, forget about our past, and forget about how we deal with things or how we deal with them in a sensitive nature. It's all there, okay? We don't have to keep digging up the past and the same old narratives and same old topics. You know, on this show over the last few years, we've done a whole host of transformation discussions because I believe it is so vital, not just to kind of raise awareness and get an understanding of what's going on there, but also to find solutions and find ways that we as a sporting society, a country at large, can just kind of move on the benefit of everyone. Never forget, never be oblivious to stuff, but find positive ways to go forward because if we keep dwelling on the past, we'll never really get to fully appreciate where we are going forward. And you don't have to look around in SA cricket right now. I think out of all the sports, 
it is the one that's doing the most when it comes to transformation. And I'm not just saying by having uh, black players in certain places. I'm talking about players that are coming through and really adding huge value and um, really changing the sort of face, the energy and the abilities of our national teams. And, uh, you know, even if you're the most skeptical slash closet racist out there, you can't help but feel that the future is very bright for SA Cricket because they are putting in the most work for transformation and they're doing it on a very sort of productive uh, sustainable level. So I don't want to address the same old things you have addressed in time. I want to address about the thing about excellence and how in this country it almost feels like we are so quick to take people down. Um, you know, I don't want to make this a white or black thing, but as I'm a white guy, it's going to be a white or black thing, unfortunately, nature of the beast. But it's about really accepting brilliance and excellence and seeing that for what it is without having to always just fall for the sideshows, always just fall for the noise on the side and the general ramblings of social media. I love social media. Uh, it's because of social media I'm here today doing, uh, living a sporting life essentially. So I'm never going to completely poo-poo the things, but I've got to be cognizant. Sorry, cognitive. Uh, screw it. I think I, I'm making up words now aware of what's going on out there. So today we're going to talk about Jacques Cullis and if he should or if he shouldn't be honored with things like the Jacques Cullis end or a stand or even just a statue or whatever. Uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, we're also going to touch on to Tiger Woods' comeback. Now, I know we've been speaking about this over and over for, well, since December and then every year prior to that. And I at one point said I'm kind of done with it. But then towards November, December last year, I did a bit of reading and, um, you know, I've just got... I feel I've got a great source of, of golfing insights that come through social media nowadays. You know, I've had some great interviews with people on the show, which you heard. And I just feel like I'm a lot more informed about, about sport because of social media. Again, going back to some of the pros of it. And from what I've been reading the last couple of months, it just looks so positive that Tiger could actually return and actually be a force again. So we're going to get into that because I think yesterday's press conference at Torrey Pines ahead of the Farmers Insurance Open, I think we kind of gathered some insights that we might not have kind of um, been privy to previously. And then finally on today's show, it's been a while since we've had Arsenal fan TV uh, playing out for us. And um, like I know it's become quite repetitive, the whole Wenger must go thing. But Arsenal beats Chelsea last night in the league Carabao or something or other cup, which many people believe is irrelevant or it's just like an also ran kind of competition. But when you beat Chelsea to get into a final where you play Man City, it still feels like it's worth something. So I'll get the insights of uh, Big Robbie and his and his mates outside the stadium there. And that will be the show today. Ah, so very long-winded intro. Um, it'd be a slightly shorter show today because, well, let's be honest, I want to watch the cricket. You know, if you are listening to the show live, I'm sure you want to do the same. If you are listening to podcast, well, I welcome you all the same. Uh, I appreciate you spending your time with me and, of course, being progressive enough to listen to podcasts. I know I've been saying this for so many, so many different times in the show. Podcasting is, of course, the future and it's a great way of just, un, you know, unpacking things, not having to always rely on blog posts and, um, if you are wondering, the big topic today is already in a blog post on the bounce.ca.za where I go a little bit more in depth into the topic itself. So today will be more of a, just a cursory overview of the topic. And um, if you are listening live and you want to be a part of the conversation, you're most welcome to tweet me at follow the bounce. Otherwise, on uh, WeChat, you can get onto the Cliff Central official account, official Cliff Central here. Otherwise, WhatsApp line 79 Nine zero, or if you are listening via podcast and you have some strong views on this topic that I'm bringing up today, you're most welcome to always email me Ben at thebounce.co.za. If you send me a press release where it just says hi comma, I will forever block you. 
But otherwise, let's engage. Let's talk. Let's become more informed. That's always just the plan of this show. Not always right, not always wrong, but whatever it is, somewhere in between, we can find a way to get ahead in sport. Right. Big intro done. Let's get into it. Shark Colors. Without doubt, the the greatest South African cricketer that's ever lived. And that's no disrespect to anybody. Uh, pre-isolation, post-isolation, the talents that were, were wasted from the apartheid system. Let's just look at the facts. The guy is the greatest. I know that um, one of the things about Shark Colors is that he's very under the radar. And that is also something that he's just, he's, he's just been. He's one of the people who would rather others shine around him. And uh, he just does what he believes he's the best at. And that's never been the big flashy star player. He's never offering huge opinions about things. He's just always been the rock of the Proteus. So today I want to talk about the fact that it would be a crying shame if this legend of the world game, of, of cricket in general, and he will be forever and ever because of what he's done for the game, it'll be an absolute crying shame, it'll be a travesty, if he were to ever go sort of forgotten in the years to come. Let's say in the year 2050, um, a father and son go to Newlands to watch a test match and people talk about the fact that, you know, maybe one day this player could be as good as Jacques Cullis. And for a young boy or girl to say, dad, mom, who was Jacques Cullis? You know, it, that will make, that, there'll be a sad moment, I think, in the, in the, in the way of the, in cricket in general. So getting back to my original tweet on Boxing Day, I said, you know, is this going to happen? And I tagged Western Province Crickets, Cricket South Africa, which I know is not their thing. Uh, I tagged everyone that I thought was relevant towards the tweet. And um, look, I, I got a bit of love from it. I got a lot of interaction, a lot of comments, and it was generally well, well received. I see since then, there's been a petition that's been going around, signed by a whole bunch of people. It's to um, honor Jacques Cullis at Newlands. So Jacques Cullis went to Army Boys High School. He is a Cape Town boy, born and raised. He played a majority of his career, obviously, for Western Province at Newlands. If there was ever a time to honor a player, it would be Jacques Cullis at Newlands, whether it's the Weinberg end, because, it, I mean, Weinberg's a suburb of Cape Town. It's not overly significant. So I'm pretty sure we can just put Jacques Cullis end in there. Or if you don't want to be too um, sweeping with, with the honor, sure, a Jacques Cullis stand. Not a big ask. Anyway, crickets from all the people sorry excuse the pun on that one um absolutely no 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 comments which is never a surprise on social media a lot of people don't ever want to get involved in a conversation on social media because it's quite dangerous as we all know so from what i gather is this isn't really ever going to happen now i don't need to get into the credentials for you of shark colors like i said there is a blog post around this discussion the balance.ca.za and you can you know, i, I tee it up quite nicely as far as the, you know this guy's career and why he's just so much more than just a cricketing legend this guy was so instrumental to taking south africa from the post-isolation era into the modern day where you can have a platform where transformation can flourish where you've got a platform where talents can come in and this team is winning and it's a world force you know we're not going to just get to isolation there's those players that came out of it you know we had a whole bunch of stalwarts from back in the day when you think andrew hudson uh dave richardson brian mcmillan craig matthews alan donald you know all those guys they had a few years after isolation really um Daryl Cullen can go into that John T. Rhodes and of course the late tarnished Hansi Crenier all of those guys had a lifespan we we needed the, the, like the next generation and Jacques Cullis was basically the guy that the team was built around people often forget that he was thrust in at the age of 20 to play test cricket against a rampantly seeming ball and an English attack he batted like six or seven, and um, look, the team wasn't particularly great back then. I mean, Clive Eckstein was bowling 50 overs and getting no wickets. It wasn't the best. So he was the future. And um, 
you know, stats, people say like stats, you know, tell various stories and often you, they don't mean a lot. But if you just look how that team was able to transition because there was a guy like Cullis who was a legitimate batting, bowling all-rounder. Then there was the whole uh, Hunsey scandal. You know, like that can ruin a cricketing nation. It can put them back three or four years. It really can. But again, because the protests had a rock like Jacques Cullis, they could build around it. They, with a guy like Jacques Cullis, they could pick a 22-year-old called Graham Smith to become the captain, knowing that at least they had a foundation, a backbone. Of course, Sean Pollock was in the same time and, you know, in his own right, an incredible player. But this is why I believe this guy is such a legend. You can go through his stats and, sure, they're absolutely amazing. They are, I mean, Gary uh, Garfield Sobers, of course, is the other great all-rounder of Test Cricket. Uh, a supremely talented individual and there'll always be a discussion, you know, was he the better all-rounder than Callis? Who really knows? It's all quite subjective but the one thing you can't discredit is the fact that this guy was the backbone of the team in the modern era. It was because of him that they managed to move forward results-wise. And I know they haven't won a World Cup but Callis single-handedly almost won the Champions Trophy in 1998. I mean, he got six wickets or five wickets, I think, in, that, in the final. The guy was integral. To put it very, very mildly, he was integral to all of this. So where this discussion goes to is that um, he then, oh, look, again, this is it's quite a tough one to get into, but Jacques Callas, um basically got into the news for all the wrong reasons. Now, in South Africa, there's huge sensitivities around obvious things like transformation because there's no silver bullet for this. And um, the moment you speak out in any way against it, in any way, shape or form, you will be deemed a racist, especially if, you know, as a white player like Cullis, basically for Killer Balu, who was the minister of sport uh, that was back, um, I forget, just every year ago, this thing happened, 2016, sorry, so two years ago. Now, you know, the whole thing about transformation, there was um, objectives in place, supposedly there was uh, goals and key points, all that kind of stuff. And it was felt that a variety of the sporting codes were not living up to the transformations as set out by government. Now, it was always kind of hazy. There was a bit of lip service between election times here and there to get people to think like this guy's doing something. We all know Fakil Mbalula is one big bag of hot air. The guy cares about retweets more than anything else. I mean, his current Twitter profile is Minister of Police, Mr. Fia Fokul. Just this guy is a child. We've been through all this before. When he talks, everyone cringes. So the whole thing about transformation back then was if you don't, um, if you don't basically qualify for these things, then there will be consequences. That was the loosely arranged agreement. Fakila Balula then came out and said, right, uh, crickets, rugby, uh, netball, whatever, whatever, whatever. You guys have not, uh, reached your targets. Therefore, you will not be allowed to host any inter international sporting events because of this and you must crack the whip on getting your numbers right. So again, right or wrong, that's basically what was said. Cullis then came out and said, so sad, this is he was responding to a News 24 story, so sad that I find myself embarrassed to call myself a South African so often these days. No place for politics in sport. So let's look at this as clinically as we can, because this is what the basically was the center of a shitstorm that then greeted the player. Now he's, remember, he's been in the system forever. He, his entire life was sports. Now what we always forget about these guys who dedicate their sporting lives to, you know, the country and their teams. We often think, ah, oh, so glamorous. They make all this money. They're doing what they love, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But you do realize these guys sacrifice a lot of their lives, especially a social life, in order to be these figures. So Callis has given his all, his heart and soul and everything into being a South African cricketer, a superstar in that, in that front. So transformation, I think, new to him. 
he sees it happening all around him. He sees the political interference. He sees the people who are in it for the right reasons and they're in it for the wrong reasons. Fakilan Balula has shown us on numerous occasions how he's in it for some peculiar reasons. You know, it's this whole daddy love me kind of syndrome we saw with the Olympic athletes talking about here's money, take money, love me, I'm so cool, retweet me, follow me. You know, it's the guided repetition for a reason. So when he comes out with a sweeping statement, and he's basically grandstanding about he is going to single-handedly change this, but yet there's no there's no like grassroots um, stuff being like being done. The guy spent millions of bringing Floyd Mayweather out to do a, basically. A, I mean, he wanted a selfie with the guy, so he brings him out a huge ex- taxpayer expense. There wasn't like gyms being built in the townships, or there wasn't like cricket fields or rugby fields, or whatever. No, no, it's about him. It's about him and the limelight. So when he throws something like that out, and Jacques Cullis, who's privy to a lot more things I think we would ever understand when it comes to transformation in sport, you can understand that he was slightly aggrieved. So when someone of a high profile puts a tweet out that says, I'm so sad, I find myself embarrassed to call myself a South African these days, what happens? Well, obviously he's called a racist straight out. There's just no hesitation in it. People deem that he is anti-transformation. If you see that tweet, nothing said anti-transformation. Or they go as far as saying he's anti-black. Now, Again, I know social media, mob mentality, everything can be interpreted in a certain way, but you, it's hard to see the guy's anti-black or racist or anti-transformation. He believes there's political interference here. The very next day, to clarify his initial tweet, he said that, come on, about the comment yesterday was regards to political bullying, not anti-transformation. So here he is saying in black and white, he is not anti-transformation. He is against political bullying, as in he feels that these guys are coming in there and basically they are just demanding this, this, and that. And a lot of the times don't even understand that, like the whole makeup of the team. He then went on to say that 40 underprivileged boys have uh, have had or, or are having education paid for by the Jacques Colors Foundation. Okay, so we all know on, on Twitter you'll be taken apart for that because it's kind of akin to saying, like, you know, I'm not racist, some of my best friends are black. So a lot of sentiments came out. Now, I was going back at these tweets. I was looking at all the comments, and the guy was being roasted. He was being absolutely roasted. He was being told to move to Australia. He was told that he's a racist and blah, 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 all these kind of things. But now the dust is settled and we can look back on this two years later i mean really is it is, is, is he really a threat to society and by calling him a racist i think you're discrediting a whole bunch of people who are actually racist and do need to be found out this is the problem with this whole uh, mob mentality if everyone is called something you are taking the power away from the word completely so there's racists that are thriving out there laughing at this kind of stuff because it's becoming too much an everyday word for something that is a horrible horrible social wrong so that is where we are right now with Jacques Callas. He has been remembered in the public eye as, well, let's just say the social justice warrior eye as being seen as someone who's anti-black. Now that is unfair. This guy has many things, but he's mostly just very mild-mannered. He's not malicious. He seems to get along with everybody. And people are jumping on this train. So when I said, why is he not being credited or honored in this way? The stock response from people who make the most noise on Twitter, which is the biggest, most vacuous people, is that he is a racist. Now, everything I've just said right now, you might think, Ben, what are you going on about? This is just bullshit. This is hearsay. Who cares what those people have got to, got to say? Well, see, this is, this is the problem with nowadays. Nowadays, with media being what it is and social media being what it is. Western Province Cricket Association, and I will put my cock on the block here and say this. They 
will never in a million years want to be caught up in a potential race scandal, and I say potential race scandal, on the basis of what I've just told you. Because if he was to be honored with the Jacques Colors end or the Jacques Colors stand, you'll get those same three or four people who are having a go at me will have a go at Western Brands Cricket Ground. Even with their 17, 12, 53 followers, whatever it is, they'll make such a noise about this. The media being what it is, who love these salacious stories, who love a good headline, love a good, good clickbait, they will jump on that too. Now, I know I could be sounding cynical here, and I will eat my words gladly if there's ever one of these grand unveiling ceremonies where Jacques Callas is honored in the way I think he should be honored. But I tell you what, this is the reason why it's not going to happen. This this thing will hang over Jacques Callas forever and a day. And the more you look at it, and again, this is why I'm doing it now rather than close to the time, because the longer, the more time, because they say time heals all, the more time we put, to, put between these tweets and where we are now, the more trivial this becomes. He was a guy exercising free speech, going onto Twitter and saying things a lot of people actually agree with. But because this whole so-called leftist political correct bullshit is out there and people are lapping it up in fear, just a fear of ever offending someone if they don't, we are left with the situation we are right now. One of our greatest sportsmen, together with Gary Player, will never be honored in the way he is. And I go back to my initial um, analogy of like, or occurrence, that in like 2050, it just might happen that people forget about Jacques Callas completely. Now, thankfully, he's such an incredible, he was such an incredible player. His stats will forever live up there with the absolute best in the game, right at the top. I don't see him being eclipsed as an all-rounder, definitely in this country and definitely abroad. I don't see anyone ever getting as close to him. But this guy needs to be spoken about more than just a few numbers in a page. What he did for this country and what he did, it's just, it, it, it kind of breaks my heart a bit to think this is the way we are treating people who have given so much to this country. We get politicians who just steal, rob, and mislead the public. And these are the guys who are being honored with whatever, just a variety of things, and they don't deserve anything, nothing at all. It really breaks my balls, and I just wanted to get off my chest today because I, I, I just simply don't see this guy getting getting the honor he deserves. You know, it's um again, if if you never thought about this, you might think I'm making a lot about nothing. But if you look elsewhere in the world, you know, cricketers are honored for their lifetime achievements and lifetime contributions to their country. James Anderson has a James Anderson end at Old Trafford. He's a current player, England's top wicket taker. He's been on it accordingly. There it is. Um, obviously, it, he, he's a he's a great um, player for England. Has been at home for so long now. But there, there we go. Shane Warne, even in England, has a stand at the Rose Bowl in Hampshire. I think it is. You know, because he's been such an amazing player, and obviously he's got along really well with the people in England, and he's given so much to them. They are honouring him. In the West Indies, these guys have done it in a huge way. Uh, Godfield Sobers, I mentioned him already. There is uh, the Godfield Sobers Pavilion. Uh, I think that is in the Kensington Oval. Yep. Then at the same place, they've got the Malcolm Marshall end, the Joel Garner end, the Worrell uh, Weeks Walcott stand. Um, they really have made a big part of honoring their players there. Godfield Sobers has a statue erected at the ground itself. You know, it's a spiritual home of cricket for the West Indies. So these greats are honored because it's something to be really, really proud of. Uh, Darren Sammy, you know, he was the captain of that winning T20 World Cups team a couple of years back. Well, in St. Lucia, there is the Darren Sammy National Cricket Stadium. Viv Richards also got a stand, uh, stadium named after him in Antigua. So it's not uncommon. Uh, Sachin Tadulka's got a stand named after him at the Wankhede Stadium. Uh, okay, Pakistan, well, they've honored, uh, Gaddafi. 
yeah the late um <laughs> sorry i was gonna say libya it's it is libya liberia Ugh. anyway one of the two horrible dictator that guy's got to stand this proven match fixes with gates named after them it really just does seem bizarre that if we ever get to the point where all that happens and then we look back at this country and people will say well you know didn't you guys have greats of the game yes we did but because of social media because of woke twitter and social media justice warriors all this kind of crap we always felt that we couldn't quite honor him so we just decided to leave it now how about a, how about a bunch of bullshit that would be huh our final point on the subject is that we've just got to start honoring people who've actually contributed. And I know apartheid was a bloody dreadful thing. We never have to keep reminding ourselves about that. We just need to know we must never repeat something like that. And to treat someone differently because of the color of their skin has always been one of the most fucked up things that's ever happened. But to think that this guy, he got out there, he never took anything for granted. He always gave back. Yes, you can say there would have been three or four Jacques Callis's had uh, black players been allowed to play. Sure. I mean, Basil D'Oliveira would have been, I mean, who knows how great he could have been. He could have been something particularly special. But there's also this time in life where we've got to look at things a little bit more analytically and actually just honor what has happened already. Look at facts rather than what could have been. You know, Ashwell Prince, he's obviously, he's been a guy in the past. He's spoken out a lot about the fact that, you know, Jacques Callis was given opportunities. That's why he was who he is. Sure. But you've got to take these things. How many other players that have been given opportunities never amount to too much? That's what happens, okay? This guy made it happen, and he put South Africa on the map in more ways than one. Anyway, I feel the more I talk about this, the more fired up I get. If you do have any views yourself that are maybe contrary to mine, or if you believe you've got anything you want to add to this to this topic, I'm happy to make it a running conversation that we can pick up from time to time. Uh, ben at thebounce.co.za, uh, my email address, otherwise Twitter at follow the bounce. I, I just think that... We, we'd miss an opportunity if Jacques Callas would ever not be honored in the way that I think he should be. And uh, I think a lot of people agree with me. Right. Uh, jeepers. Hot and bothered in the studio now. Anyway, uh, this week is a big week for Tiger Woods. So the last time he played a competitive PGA tournament, and I'm not talking about that hero hack around that he, he hosts for the best players in the world in the Bahamas. I'm talking about a real big deal event it was the farmers insurance open last year in 2017 unfortunately he pulled out because well he was playing like crap and his body was just in a mess but of course tiger woods has done very well at tory pines i mean who will ever forget 2008 needing to hole an absolute cliffhanger putt to get into the playoff Two thousand eight US Open Rocker Media set the tie, set the total in the clubhouse. Tiger basically on one leg. Remember that's when he had like yeah, oh, he was so screwed. And I still don't know how this putt went in. It was missing on the low side. It lipped in on the low side and well everyone went nuts. Two thousand eight US Open. It was the last time Tiger won a major. But it was at Torrey Pines. Now Torrey Pines has been a place where this guy has done so well. From an age group player, he was winning all the baby, um, or all the junior events. But here's an amazing stat about this. There's a guy on Twitter, uh, from the golf channel. It's, uh, Justin Ray. So Justin Ray GC on the Twitter. He said that Tiger's eight career PGA tour wins at P, at Torrey Pines alone would have him tied as the ninth, the ninth most career victories for players younger than 45. He then went on to break down a whole bunch of other stats around Tiger's greatness. And, um, you know, maybe the show has got this theme about honoring people who have done amazing things. 
Now, we all know Tiger's had his troubles, but what he's done to the game has just been incredible. And how prolific he was, sorry, how how prolific he was and how incredible um, his aura was in the game, which drew people to the game itself. So he's back. And I know people have been saying he's back because it's just one of those things. But this time around, you know, he had a, a, a fusion basically in his back. So what that means is that Tiger was breaking down like a bad sports car. We've touched on this before. But his back hadn't deteriorated enough for, in order for him to have this fusion operation. That sounds bizarre, I know. But basically, you've got to get to a point of no return where the fusion is the only thing you can do. You can't have it sooner when there's still a little bit of mobility. So Tiger had to in more ways than one, hit absolute rock bottom in order to get better. Anyway, this, the fusion, he tried every single possible thing before having to go to fusion. So if you think if you've got, uh, let's just say, a problem with eating, or you've got an obesity problem, whatever it is, the final straw is the stomach staple. There's many different ways you can try and alleviate the problem or create a solution, but the stomach staple is the end. That's kind of what Tiger had backwise. The fusion was that, it was the right of the end, the final alternative he tried every other alternative method of going into that. It got to the point it was so bad. And that is why the other comebacks were so useless and they were just never ever took because his body was still deteriorating. Anyway, he deteriorated to the point of no return. He got the back fusion and now he's back and he said, I'm swinging like I was in my early 30s again. So, of course, that's almost like taking 10 years off the clock to use the broken down sports car analogy again. And uh, you know, he recently fired his swing coach. Well, I say fired because that's what the media like to say. But he parted ways with his swing coach. This week he was asked, why did that happen? He said, well, I've got um, a very fast swing and I've got a back fusion. You tell me any coach that's ever worked with someone who has a fused uh, a back fusion and a swing of 120 miles an hour. So you don't think about these kind of things. Like whenever Tiger headlines come up, they're normally, you know, a lot of controversy. So he believed that nobody would understand what he's going through. So it's just best that he works and feel right now. So that's all he's doing. He knows he's not going to try to complicate his swing anymore. He's been through that. This guy's been through the ringer of so many different stuff, like different uh, things. So he said, no one understands my game more than me. I'm just going to feel it out. And that is me right now. He says he's he's just swinging like so freely, and we saw it in December as well. I mean, look, sure, he finished like mid-table his own event, but he completed seventy-two holes. He looks impressive, and uh, he was hitting it, you know, out there like proper out there. So this will be his first event, his first proper event. And I know he looked great in the Bahamas, but a golf tournament is so much more demanding because you got so many more press people just wanting to get something out of you. You got all your adoring fans. You know, there's a there's a Twitter account called GC Tiger Tracker. It's an entire Twitter account dedicated to every single shot that Tiger hits. I should you not. You must look at this account. It's it's really good. That's where I got um, the sort of press insights from. Someone literally follows Tiger's like, every move. And uh, you can literally, when he tees it up today, so it'll be 1.40 p.m. Eastern time, which I think in South African terms, that's American Eastern time, I think it's about seven hours behind. So Tory Pines, Farmers uh, Insurance Open. Tiger will be back, and it'll be so interesting to see how he can do in a tournament play. Yesterday in the in the pro-am, I mean, this is how, what a big deal this guy is, his pro-am gets tracked. He finished two under. Uh, you know, he missed quite a few fairways, but his misses weren't big. So it's going to be so fascinating to see how he goes in a tournament play. Some bookies believe he's in the top 10 as far as favorites. Others believe that he might not make the cut. It's so interesting to see how this sticks. It really will be. Like, how many events is he going to play? Is he going to maintain the intensity? All I'm saying is that this is one that's actually going to be worth watching. 
because the more re- the more I read about it, the more it seems like Tiger's actually found a way to be a golfer again. In the past, he was just a guy who was playing tournament golf. I think if, more than anything, just to appease his sponsors. Um, and there was all this pressure about, you know, Tiger, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When people ask you that 7,000 times a day, you kind of feel you have to go back. Whereas I think now it's, it's real go time for him and it's massively exciting. Finally, on the show today, we got Arsenal Fan TV. I know it's been a big part of things in the past, but uh, it got really repetitive. And I know there's all the narratives around Arsene Wenger leaving. Well, he's not going to leave. Uh, there's been some turmoil in the club as far as players are going. In the last few years, the team was basically built around Sanchez and Ozil. Sanchez is gone. He's now a Man United player for a stupid amount of money every single week. But that's it. It's all in the past. He's now gone. Mkhitaryan came by uh, exchange from Man United. So there's a good midfield addition. And, uh, well, many people are saying that maybe, you know, this is the way forward. It's not relying on these stars, these reluctant stars who maybe don't want to be at the club. Team morale, you know, you've got a squad that you, you need to try to get the best out of. So maybe it's a good thing. So last night in the Carabao League Cup semifinals, they beat Chelsea 2-1. It really was a big deal. So let's catch up on some of the insights from from the fans. Now, uh, Big Robbie, who's, of course, he is Arsenal fan TV. You can see he's trying to mix it up a little bit. So he's he's trying to find different voices. I think another big criticism of Arsenal fan TV is that the people that Robbie chats to are seen as an embarrassment to the club. So here's Robbie trying to find someone new. Uh, he seems to have found a woman in her 40s who, as you can see, Robbie's got to do a lot of work to try to get insights out of. And, you know, you've got to say they're showing a lot of character because, you know, we had this whole Alexis thing for the past couple of weeks, coupled with defeats at Bournemouth and stuff like that. They're showing a lot of character, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. And it's disappointing Sanchez is gone, but I think we'll still go on without him. I think we'll still be a good team. And I thought there were some good performances tonight. I don't really rate Awobi, but I thought he played well tonight. I thought he, he, you know, had most of in his pocket, really. I thought he did well. I was impressed with Jack. I like him because, you know, I like he's, he's a good tackler. And all women appreciate a good tackle. <laughs> and um, I thought he's a captain. Why don't we make this guy the captain of the club? We should do. He's a good English player. You know what I mean? I like him. He's determined. I thought Hazard was a complete pussy tonight. He died. He should have been sent off. Really, to be quite honest, he had one yellow card. He's done it before, hasn't he? He's done it before. He should have had a second yellow. I think he should have been sent off, but referee bottled it. And actually, I think, you know, Arsenal deserved the win. I think, and, you know, I think we'll beat City in the final. That was going to be the next question. All right, bring her back, Robbie, whoever she is. She sounds like she's right on the money. Uh, there's obviously like a big claim that, you know, this league cap means very, very little. Uh, like I said at the start of the show, I, I disagree. I think any, any time you've got these clubs that are top clubs playing against each other for silverware, whether it's early in the season, late in the season, whatever it may be, it still means something. And, uh, for some fans, it's all they got. But the fans are a little bit more skeptical, like Mo. Also fan TV, Mo, big win today. Yeah, man, big win. I'm going to be honest, though. I'm still maintaining the fact that this cup is irrelevant, okay? Shut up, man. Shut up. It is. You know what? That's it. You, go, you, you, dig, you dug yourself into a hole. You dug yourself into a hole all these years. Listen, listen, listen. It's, listen, if you beat Chelsea and Manchester yeah, yeah, no, City no, no, to that, win it... That, that's a different thing. Beating Chelsea, loving that. Love beating that Chavi scratch card club. Love that. But this competition is not what Arsenal Football Club is about. We're on February 25th, we've got the opportunity 
to go and equal the entirety of Tottenham's achievements in the last quarter century, yeah? That tells you the scale, and even then, this competition is below what Arsenal should be expecting. Only way at this stage of the season now we can salvage respectability out of the season is a EFL, sorry, uh, Europa, I don't even remember what the irrelevant cup is. Irrelevant Cup and Europa League double. So only way we can salvage any respectability. But tonight, what I'm going to enjoy is beating Chelsea and knocking them out. And I heard you saying it earlier, over two legs, you look at that performance, it's actually a very mature, very good performance. I wish we sh we've shown that maturity in the Champions League over many, many years gone by. Yeah, well, that's Arsenal's curse, isn't it? It's not showing it in the right places. So it is, it's... It's, it's bittersweet to get this far if you're an Arsenal fan because, yes, you, you're still going to be in the final of Man City. That's like a big deal in Europe. But where was this when it mattered last season in those Champions League ties or even in the league? You know, there was such a proud opportunity to beat, uh, you know, win the league when Leicester won it. And they screwed that up completely. And, of course, no Arsenal fan TV feature can go on without Claude. Now, Claude is, well, let's just say... He's got no hair. He's probably about 35, but he looks about 73. Let's see what his thoughts are yesterday after that semi-final win. Fan TV Wembley! 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 We're playing so slow and we're going to win. Wembley! Wembley! I always love to see you. With a smile on your face. I'm always Even smiling. though, you know, what you're on Judas, you are, you know. I saw that video you did with Sophie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's get rid of Robbie and bring in Sophie instead. Well, you know what? Well, it won't be a bad... <laughs> <laughs> Sophie ain't going to Wembley, mate. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, no, well, no it, was a, it, it was a, you know, a great... We got we got to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, are you Chelsea in disguise? But we got, we got to talk about this. Over two legs, a great performance by Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought... Um, First twenty minutes, I thought they were in, they were in control. When once William went off, mm. I think they lost all their impetus, and uh, I thought we took over the game. Um, we got that lucky goal in the in, a, in the third and uh, to equalise. But second half, I thought we controlled it. I thought yeah. we got in front. Uh, you notice how when Claude talks, there's less background banter, like you know, because Claude's like the governor. <laughs> we're going to Wembley, and it's. Um, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's fantastic. You know? it's, it's, it's good because, you know, bringing a bit of cheer to, you know, it hasn't been a great season for Arsenal so far. But, you know, to, to be going to Wembley again. I'd even take, I'd even take the check. Was it a checker trade trophy at the moment? <laughs> Whatever you call it. Yeah, um, you know, it's, yeah, listen, so if you've never ever seen Claude smile, go on to Arsenal Fan TV on YouTube and you'll see him just beaming from ear to ear. It's a good thing for Arsenal. It really is. I'll go back to 1987 when we beat um, when we beat at Spurs in the semi-final, and that was one of the best nights of my life. You know what I mean? So it's still a, it's still a good, it's still a top competition. It's just that the Champions League has come in and it's been you know degraded. But it's a shame. But... And, and, and the thing is, right to win this trophy, the, the thing that will make it good if yeah. we do ah, Claude, Claude, everyone's do dodgy uncle that's it for the bounce show this week uh thanks for joining me and well back to the cricket i guess if you are listening live i hope you really enjoy the cricket i'm going tomorrow to the ground but it looks like it's going to be raining so well this is why you should probably go to a box during test matches because if the weather fails the open bar does not catch you back next week otherwise uh get the gareth cliff show every single day here on cliffcentral.com under a friday around 6 40 a.m south african time I'll update you on everything that's happening in sport. There is a new video on the YouTube channel. Follow the bounce on YouTube. 
you can see a sort of um, snapshot of what I what I got to experience at the Gary Plan Invitational last year. And uh, a bit a lot more coming from the Royal East revamp as well here in Johannesburg. What a fantastic golf course it is. And now that it's open to the public, well, I'm just being inundated with responses about people saying how incredible this golf course is and really is just beyond everyone's expectations. So if you are in the Kauteng area, then uh, have a go. See if you can book a time there. The times are open. Visitors are welcome. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic experience. Thanks so much. Let's catch you back next week. This is CliffCentral.com.